0: so welcome to the podcast this is carl it's a carlos danger podcast and today's guest is john spaghetti o's he is (laughs) (laughs) he is a personal trainer who happens to have celiac and diabetes but you don't want to be oh wait i have a question uh john before you even start talking do you have plans to run for office because this podcast will fuck you up
1: plans to run for office well uh because i was born in italy I can't run for the office of president, uh, which you know, if you're not going to aim for the top, why bother?
0: No, but you can still get kickbacks as a senator or a congressman. C- can you run for those?
1: Uh, yeah, that I could. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can. I mean, Arnold was governor.
0: That is, sh- uh, yeah, he was. He was governor of California, right? And
1: you know, he and I have many similarities, especially in physique. <laughs> what are your similarities? Uh. Well, physique more and more of a recent thing for him. Uh, not, not the, <laughs> the similarities don't carry on to where he was in his prime. But um, we both like action movies. Uh, I discover, you know, he's really into uh, baby mules or whatever he's been posting uh, quarantine videos with. I'm, I'm into those as well so
0: speaking of which how's your quarantine going
1: quarantine is going all right uh i've been going out about every once every two to three days depending on what groceries i need and i don't really have a lot of room to stock up my fridge and pantry so and i I prefer you know fresher food so like how can
0: how concerned are you considering that you're at risk due to your diabetes
1: I think a lot. You know, a lot of people have brought that up to me and asked that question specifically. And they say, "Well, diabetes, heart conditions, those are all risk factors. Do you? Are you more scared? Are you more vigilant?" And uh, the answer is really no. But the the reason why is I think there's a there's a um, when you when you're a diabetic, type one diabetes. I can really only speak about. your immune system works normally for the most part, uh, except for the fact where it attacked your own pancreas. But um, but it works normally in terms of keeping you healthy. And the issue is that if you do get sick, so if you do manage to get an infection, uh, then when you add the complication of keeping your blood sugar stable while your... Um, perhaps receiving other medications, um, or God forbid you end up in a situation where you have to be intubated and are sedated, then there's the added challenge of keeping your blood sugar stable and that's just an additional cause of, you know, possible mortality. Um, so, and you know, a lot of diabetics today, including myself, have a pump and a sensor which helps us manage blood sugars. But if you do end up in a hospital where you can't uh, take care of yourself and you don't have your supplies with you and you're under doctors and nurses care, they're going to revert back to sometimes, uh, you know, let's say you are intubated or sedated. uh, They're going to revert back to kind of like the old school, let's say style of care, which is 24 hour insulin shots, of of, uh, long-acting insulin and um, fast-acting for blood sugar corrections. But, Mm. of course, you know, they're going to be going based off of uh, the standard body weight recommendations, you know, for someone who's a little bit more muscular, they may not be perfect, you know, so you just don't want to get in that situation where someone else is taking care of you, especially if you've been a diabetic for a long time. Uh, you know, a yeah. reasonably responsible one, then you know your body best and uh, you're going to know when you need a little bit more insulin, a little bit less. And the, you know, the type of care that you've been receiving. So that's really where it stands.
0: Okay. So as someone who lifts weights, you identify as a power lifter? Do
1: you? I don't really
0: identify
1: as a power lifter, to be honest. Um, I, I used to when I first started uh, I tell people now that I, I train like a powerlifter would train, but I don't identify as a powerlifter because I don't compete. And the, okay. one of the defining um, definitions of a <laughs> defining definitions one of the defining features of a powerlifter is that they compete.
0: So you so. have to compete in order to be a powerlifter. You can't just partake in their training modalities to be considered one. In my opinion,
1: yes. I mean, it's just like saying I'm a a basketball player. Well, if you don't play for the NBA or whatever, you could call yourself like a recreational basketball player. Okay. But either way, I mean, if if you call yourself a basketball player, you're probably on some kind of team or were on some kind of team. Even if it's not a pro team, you were still playing with other people and, and having games with other people and all that. You so know. there
0: is a competition aspect regardless of whatever level it's in.
1: Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah.
0: Okay. So as someone who trains then with resistance training, have, uh, strength training, and you know how insulin is very important when it comes to the physiology of training. So yeah. how do you mitigate that? How do you mitigate that?
1: Well, it's important it to lot, keep, keep is your lot, Is it a
0: lot more difficult for you?
1: Um. Well, yeah. So, it's, I would say that it is more difficult. So it, it's, it's difficult in a couple of different ways and they make each other more difficult. So having diabetes makes lifting a little bit more difficult and lifting makes managing diabetes a little bit more difficult. Um, but difficult may be a somewhat incorrect word or incomplete word because it's not necessarily more difficult sometimes, but it's different. So you have different things in mind. You know, the most important thing is to keep your health in mind. So anytime your blood sugars are really high or low, you have to stop whatever else you're doing, uh, which means possibly taking a break from lifting. I mean, we're, we're talking temporarily. We're not talking like long breaks. We're talking like 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you need to get back to baseline. Um, or, you know, if it's really high and you know, there's like pump site failures or whatever, then you may have to scrap that workout. But uh, so number one priority is keeping your blood sugars in a good place. Uh, and number two is, is being adequately fueled for your workout to get the most out of it. So sometimes uh, you have to make sacrifices to keep your blood sugar at a good level. Uh, and that means maybe your previous meal has to have less carbs in it. Um, and maybe that means that you have to have a little snack before you start lifting. So, and so sometimes those things can, can impact your session. Uh, So
0: you're very, I'm assuming you're very vigilant with your macros then.
1: Yeah. I've always, well, protein, not so much anymore, just because I've been eating, uh, steaks every day. No, no. Well, yeah, but, um, I've been eating a high protein diet for a long time now. So I have a, like a mental uh, counter of of how much protein I've I've eaten, so I don't really count that anymore. Uh, but I do I do count the carbs because you have to count carbs in order to dose uh, the appropriate amount of insulin. So that that I would be doing whether I was lifting or not.
0: You want to hear something fucking crazy that blew my mind? Yeah. You know Delbert? Yeah. So for those who don't know, Delbert's our friend. He's a he's a competitive power lifter. He's like nine eight percent muscle. <laughs> He doesn't consume any protein shakes, and that blew my mind. Yeah,
1: you, you know, I, I hear a lot of people uh, who do that, and I think it's becoming a more more of a popular thing. Uh, you know, protein shakes have uh, are, are very convenient, and they're I they're
0: supplementary I, at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: I actually have I have a protein shake for breakfast, but it's uh, a smoothie. So there's fruit in it. Uh, there's there's milk. So there's macros from real food and micros from real food as well um and then i just add i don't even add a full serving of protein powder to it i probably have like three quarters of a serving because there's enough protein from the milk and the peanut butter powder that i add to it so Mm. my concern isn't really the protein it's it's uh you know it's the taste and ease of getting it down i've never had a big appetite in the morning so
0: Mm. so how's your training holding up Training well, is weird, man. It's hard. it's weird now. It is.
1: It is. It's uh. It's going all right. I mean, I don't think I. My body weight has been about the same. Maybe I've lost about a pound or something like that. I've actually been eating only four times a day instead of my usual
0: five. Really? And, yeah. So I've cut down. I've cut down to three meals today. Uh, now.
1: Well, I have. Uh, I wouldn't say I have small meals, but I don't have very big meals. And again, that is to, to manage my blood sugars better, but okay. now, now I've gotten used to it. So actually when I do have a bigger meal, I feel quite full. Um, mm. and I, depending on what I have, but, uh, like the other, the other night I had, um, I've been making baking potatoes in the microwave a little bit more. And, um, I had like three potatoes, three baked, which are russet potatoes, not like gigantic. Uh, do you have potatoes. the,
0: po- do you have like that potato bag? Yes. Yeah, when I that shit blew my mind too when I when I heard about it like you can oh, oh you no can, no
1: no 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 I I know what you're talking about Anna told me cause about like,
0: it yeah because I got her one it's amazing it's a tin foil bag where you put a potato in there and three minutes uh, three minutes later it's fucking ready no she
1: said she was gonna give me one then she never did
0: well there's a pandemic outside I, I don't know if you noticed okay
1: but let's talk about <laughs> priorities
0: <laughs> priorities yeah and this was before the pandemic by the way oh she, oh. Ah, uh, so you want to hear some good news? Yes. Um. So Anna, she tested recently for coronavirus yesterday, actually, yeah. and she tested negative. Yeah, that means I'm probably negative too. Are you also sick? No, I'm not sick. But um, like we've been spending a lot of we spend a lot of time together. Like we take no precautions around each other because well, we just assume that both of us have it. So you can't you can't get it twice. So like, fuck it. You know, share spoons. Don't wear masks in the house, whatever. So, if she doesn't have it, I most likely don't have it?
1: Um, Yeah, but now, if how does the test work? Do you know how the test works? Is it like a PCR
0: test? Um, Anna's a little bit skeptical about her test, because it was a quick results test.
1: Yeah, I mean, those are less accurate. But... if she hasn't had the symptoms, really. And I feel like when, when she described her symptoms, they were very intermittent.
0: Yeah, but it's just you know, she's been having those things for a while now. It's because I think she eats poorly. <laughs> I didn't know really. No, her appetite fluctuates. So some days she'll eat heavy. Some days she won't. And when you
1: listen to this, um, <laughs> <laughs> just remember, I, 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 if, if I agree, it's only for
0: the podcast. Like I have to force feed her protein because her only nutrients is chocolate chip cookies and ramen. Mm. Like she will, she will go days eating that without me. Like I have to force her to eat eggs from time to time.
1: Yeah. I, you know, when I've, I've gotten so used to eating none of that stuff. I mean, okay. Not none. I I do. You You don't eat eggs. No, well, actually I don't eat eggs, but that's because they, they hurt my stomach now really Uh, yeah kind of like one one day not one day i mean i guess it happened gradually but i was fine and for you know my whole life eating eggs and then i i started noticing about a year and a half ago that um they were i was i was getting slight stomach pains after eating eggs the same way that i would if i had gluten and um again just to clarify i am diagnosed celiac I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I've had two endoscopies. There were flattened villi. Uh, this is not some hoopty doopty uh, silly uh, wheat sensitivity. This is real diagnosed celiac by gastroenterologists. You, Thank you. Um, okay. And so I'm, I'm familiar with that kind of pain, that that kind of abdominal pain, and I was getting it after eggs. So uh, there's no. I, I just I. Some people are are sensitive to stuff, and they can become sensitive to eggs. Some of the proteins in eggs. And, Maybe it's um, a yolk.
0: Possibly. Have you tried only egg whites?
1: I haven't tried only egg whites, uh, but late. So, so I actually bought some fresh pasta lately, gluten free, um, but of it's, course it's made with Zucchi- egg.
0: Is it zucchini pasta?
1: No, no, no. It's um, it's just made out of uh, alternative flours, <laughs> like okay, almond flour, potato starch. Um, all sorts of flour blends that make for a relatively normal tasting pasta but it's fresh pasta so there's a lot there's egg yolk in it and I did have a little bit of, st- of stomach pain after eating it and uh, you know when I have a dry pasta from the store that isn't egg pasta uh, that never happens so I think it might be the egg yolk specifically okay uh, I might and eggs are in so many things and so many ingredients for other other foods that I feel like I must have had some egg at some point. But I think because I had like half the, half the box, I probably felt a little bit more.
0: Perhaps you need to schedule an allergen test. I had a buddy of mine in college. We would eat the same exact thing and we would eat everything. <laughs> About five years after college, we met up again and he told me that he took an allergen test recently, and he's allergic to everything: what? trees, pollen, shellfish, peanuts. Not deathly allergic, but he definitely gets irritated
1: when he eats trees. You, but... Huh? When he eats trees,
0: I guess it's. It, I don't know. It's 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 a first world problem. I have this theory that immigrants don't deal with that kind of bullshit.
1: Um, I'm an immigrant.
0: Really? How old are you when you when you got here? Seven. English is your second language? Yes. Okay. Have you fell into a well?
1: No. Uh, I, I'm I'm aware of the well story now.
0: Yeah. See, that's, that's why you're not invincible like I am.
1: Well, you know, actually, my cousin in Italy, um, who also, as far as I know, has not fallen into a well, um, he's a couple of years older than me. But I remember growing up that he was allergic to so many foods. Um, and it was, I mean, I can't even tell you all the foods that he was allergic to. I was young and I all just, I remember that he could eat maybe like plain pasta and that's about it. And
0: Isn't that, that's a good death sentence for, that's a death sentence for Italians, right?
1: <laughs> well, he, at least his parents had consulted doctors and, you know, this was something that um, was. Documented enough and and observed enough, where it didn't really hinder his growth, and yeah, l- like I said, he he uh, grew out of it eventually. And as far as I know now, he can eat pretty much whatever he wants. And you know, Italy's actually very conscious about allergies and, and allergens. And um, really, how yeah. so? I mean, they have they have uh, gluten free pasta, gluten free bread. Um uh, you know, the U.S. has been very good about that recently for the most part, but it's more so in, in urban areas and in, in cities where that stuff is more available. But it's been more the last 10 years that it's been available, whereas um, Italy has been good about that. And I believe that uh, – I know I heard about this at some point. I never verified it, but I'm pretty sure that you can get a stipend from the government if you have celiac because gluten-free foods – are more expensive than their normal counterparts i see yeah okay
0: huh so is celiac um prominent in italy
1: i don't know i don't i have not looked at data because um, that
0: that seems like a pretty cruel joke if you think about it
1: <laughs> well <laughs> it is it is but yeah but the, there are wheat product and it's not just wheat uh, people just think it's wheat it's not so you know when you when you're celiac it's it's an um allergy to to gluten gluten not, yeah you know, it's more, it's a self, it's an autoimmune reaction but it is to wheat barley or rye those are the yeah. big ones and there's also on, there's also some some smaller ones that are very uh that, that are not very common that uh make the same symptoms come up but I don't remember what those are, but if if there's a grain that I don't realize in something, I look it up anyway.
0: Mm. Where would you get your chains from? I saw on your Instagram that you have these massive chains that you, well, you use it as a weight vest type of thing, right?
1: Yeah, it's. I have to say, it's not the most comfortable uh, setup. I, well, you can.
0: <laughs> well, you can wear a sweater underneath it. I do. Kind of like
1: it. Yeah, I do that uh, sometimes. But plus,
0: you plus you have your body hair.
1: Right. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> but the problem with the chains is that they're long, which, you know, it's not a bad thing for as far Can as keep, keep
0: wrapping it. it around.
1: Right. So you could do that. But then if you keep wrapping it around, it might, the chain might end at a point where you can't like clip it onto yourself uh, because you can't reach that spot, which is a problem. Yeah. Um, also, it, it, if you wrap it tight, where, like, if you're doing a push up and you don't want it to clank against the floor, if you wrap it tight, then it's going to perhaps hinder your motion a little bit, or at least rub against when you're doing stuff. And um, if you don't wrap it, if you wrap it loosely, it moves around. So I know I, I sound like a like a total diva, but uh, it does th- things are like if if something's uncomfortable when you're doing a motion whether it's push up, squatting, whatever, then your yeah. brain is going to just gravitate to that.
0: Um, what are you talking about? Like when something is uncomfortable?
1: Well, I mean, if something's like pressing against you, like pressing against the bone or pressing... Yeah. You know, like when people start squatting and the bar hurts on their traps, uh, that th- it, they're going to have a hard time with the form if they're constantly thinking about the pain in the traps or front squatting and it, and it hurts their delts or... Um, you know, if someone has like a wrist, if their wrist hurts when they do push-ups, like yeah, is it is it is it a terrible thing? No, like they'll get used to it eventually. But if you don't ease them in and kind of like do your best to to smooth that out, it's very distracting.
0: Yeah, I'm actually having that problem now with my kettlebell. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to become a kettlebell master like Pavel Tatsulin. Did I say it right? Yeah. Yeah. And um,
1: you know he actually took his look after me.
0: Oh, did he? And you took yours after Johnny Sins.
1: Yeah, well, actually, (laughs) all
0: all three of us are brothers, (laughs) cousins. But yeah, (laughs) so the thing about um the kettlebell is that it, it punishes you for not being perfect because the weight is off center. So you have to work harder to keep to maintain proper positioning and it's constantly dragging you where you don't want to be. It's such a bitch. And I'm feeling like soreness and muscles I've never felt before, especially around my rotator cuff.
1: Well, can good I shit.
0: can I can I admit
1: something? I hate using kettlebells. If I Why? could never touch a kettlebell in my life again, I would never complain. I'd be happy.
0: But I arguably it's the most functional piece of shit that you can have. I just do not
1: agree. I do not agree with that. First of all, first of all, uh. there is a great innovation called the fat bell. And the fat bell is essentially a kettlebell with the handle inside of it. So you stick your hand in the kettlebell and there's a handle in there. And it looks like your, your hand is now an iron ball. Right. And that places the weight pretty much right over your wrist. So anytime you're doing anything that you would be doing with a kettlebell, um, you can carry it almost the same way. Obviously, some things would have to be modified. You know, I, I don't know how it works if you're doing um, like a kettlebell front squat with that. I guess you can just – yeah, you could you could probably – you could figure out a way to, to do it. But um, – the problem with kettlebells is if you're doing something like an overhead press, right, or if you're yeah. doing um, if you want to use it to do a, a chest motion, right, then like a, like a press, yeah, you could do press. yeah chest yeah. press or yeah chest fly, let's say. Then you're always going to have your hand inside of the kettlebell, and the kettlebell is in the back of your hand, which one hurts the back of your hand.
0: Well, that's why you need to get a special kettlebell. Like, eventually, once you become really good at kettlebells, you you can buy one custom for you, kind of like a bowling ball. Yeah. Or, yeah, where you'll become, that's, that's your, essentially your Harry Potter wand. It's your kettlebell. All
1: right. Also, the handles get thicker as the kettlebells get heavier for most brands of kettlebells.
0: Well, but by by the time you're getting to the thicker and heavier kettlebells, you should have thicker and stronger wrists and forearms. But you
1: your your wrist doesn't really thicken. And your hand is not going to get any bigger. You're, yeah, your hands will get stronger, but that yeah. doesn't make the kettlebell any more comfortable to hold. Which, at a heavier weight, again, it's like the same mentality we were talking about before. You don't want to be thinking about the discomfort or the p- possible instability of your hand when you're 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 pressing or whatever. Especially if the kettlebell is over potentially vital organs. Now I know you know if you're pressing a hundred pound kettlebell, let's say. Sorry, I didn't use kilos there, um,
0: but yeah. if if you're
1: or swinging it,
0: respect the bell.
1: You know you don't want to be swinging. It's it's a. It, I've I've had the 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 um, privilege of being able to handle heavy kettlebells, which not many gyms have. But
0: I, when you say heavy, what's heavy? Like seventy pounds or something? No, no, what's that, like
1: uh, uh, yeah, maybe eighty pounds and up. Right. Okay. Um, and they're so cumbersome. I mean, I I I can't tell you the the, the awkwardness of trying to just pick up a hundred pound cowbell.
0: Well, that's the whole idea of it. It's not perfectly balanced, so you have to recruit other muscles to stabilize. Thus, being arguably more functional.
1: Yeah, but you could make you could you could use an anvil.
0: I mean, any any other any
1: irregularly shaped object is going to require more uh you know grip strength and stabilization and all yeah. of that but why is the kettlebell the shape that people decided to go with
0: <laughs> um i guess it just has to do with its center of gravity yeah. like it's 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 just weird enough that it requires more effort but not too weird that it's kind of stupid to lift up it's kind of like bench pressing a couch like yeah you can but then it's just impractical at a certain point
1: well, you I mean talk to Larry Wheels about that.
0: I don't know who these people are, man. Honestly, like, I keep... think
1: I think a couch is actually too light for Larry. He has to have at least couch, a couch with people on it.
0: Wait, who's Larry Wheels? You got to explain that who's to
1: me. Who is Larry Wheels? You don't know who Larry Wheels is?
0: I don't know who these like I don't follow strength athletes. Okay. I can't
1: describe verbally who Larry Wheels is because then he'll just sound like
0: a cartoon very character? pedestrian
1: no it'll sound oh. like but no okay so if i tell you who larry wields is i would say he's a young extremely talented strong athlete who is very muscular he has set powerlifting records in multiple weight classes he usually walks around with great conditioning um, he's dabbled in other sports such as strongman um, he's actually getting into arm wrestling now um, and if you see him, you would know, you, you would see that you've seen him before, but, um, and, and he's a YouTube and Instagram sensation, celebrity. He's been talked about and has done videos with, uh, other people from, you know, like Stan Efferding. Uh He's probably been in videos with, um, uh, Omar Isuf. Um. From not am
0: not mistaken, but he's all over the you know, internet. You know, Omar Esoff, like he kind of knows Gene. Really? <laughs> yeah it's it, 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 it's 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 uh, it's crazy because I think he commented on one of Gene's. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, So for those who don't know, Gene is uh he's this uh, started off as bodybuilder, switched to powerlifting, now he's Olympic lifting. He's now still a powerlifting. To- well now he's powerlifting because he doesn't have access to yeah. his Olympic gear. His dad's like a freaking world champion bodybuilder. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: So Gene reminded like Gene is one of those like Gene reminded me of college because <laughs> seeing him reminds me that there's different levels of human being on this planet. Because yeah. in in college, uh I started lifting weights in college really badly though, but I I I was at the uh, strength and conditioning rooms in college and buffalo the my alma mater is a d1 school so we had d1 athletes <clears throat> and looking at these guys lift it is demoralizing because <laughs> there, there are some people there that they will that are that will be stronger than you without lifting stronger than you will ever be say i trained my i, I reached my genetic potential there's gonna be some athletes out there Who's, who hasn't picked up one weight their entire life and will be bigger, stronger, and faster than me? Yeah, isn't that isn't that fucking crazy?
1: Well, it's that's that's always uh, an an interesting kind of fun discussion to have, uh, and of, of course you do at some point kind of feel bad about yourself. But uh, you know, my personally, I, I started lifting uh, in college as well, but I. It was so bad, and you know now the the world is going to know. But when I first started lifting, I went to the gym in jeans and only did upper body, pretty much.
0: Oh, so you're Indian? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, <all> right. So <laughs> I did. It's not that I didn't know or want to do legs, but the gym in my college, which was Fordham College and Lincoln Center, was so okay. bad. That they had equipment that was donated by like a local fire station, which means it's not even secondhand equipment. It's like third or fourth hand equipment because people donate old equipment to firehouses. So for a firehouse to donate their equipment, it's got to be from like the 80s. And it looks like it. It's like Cybex equipment that you could probably put in in a lifting machine museum. And it didn't have; they didn't have any, any free dumbbells. At some point, they got a pair of Bowflex dumbbells, and they were broken in about three days of being there. Both, both, yeah.
0: Ford, like isn't Fordham? Wait, Fordham's
1: a CUNY, right? No, uh, Fordham is a, a private Jesuit college, but or university. But they their big campus is in the Bronx, and that's where they had a good gym for their athletes. But the Manhattan oh, you- campus, which I was at, was... Dog shit. Well, yeah, the gym there was was, was absolutely awful. It was actually a decent-sized space, and they could have done so much more with it. But out of the, like, says six cardio machines, like, two worked. And, like I said, the dumbbells were, like, up to 20 pounds. So, anyway, like, yes, now, with the knowledge I have now, could I have done leg work? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: It wouldn't have been it still wouldn't have been efficient. But I could have done it. But at the at that time, I mean, I was like maybe I should start lifting. I heard it's good for you and blah blah blah. So but then I after that I joined the real gym. But my point is that when I started lifting, I started lifting the bar. And not only because I was doing starting or uh strong lifts, but because literally I could just lift the bar. So I I did uh you know, I bench pressed with forty-five pounds, squat of forty-five pounds. Deadlifted I started on ninety-five and um I could keep my back straight, which is good. Um But for me and I, you know, my lifts are are okay now. Like they're they're above average of like, you know, regular people walking down the street, but nothing to to write home about. Um but there's people out there like you read uh, you read about uh you know Konstantin Konstantinovs, which was one of my favorite powerlifters. Uh, he's dead now, but from uh he he got like beaten up or something like that or
0: wait what? see he was
1: he, so he he's his, his, uh his full-time job was being a bodyguard. I think I think he got into like an altercation or whatever, and he got uh, he got killed so um which you know you could be 300 pounds and strong as a bull and still get clapped in the head and die so just remember that don't get into fights whether you're a powerlifter or not uh but-
0: yeah my mom works at a tbi unit tbi means a uh, traumatic brain injury oh yeah and she she would tell me stories of people becoming vegetables over the dumbest stuff. Like yeah. skate- skateboarding accidents, tripping tripping down the sidewalk, falling, getting out the bathtub. And it makes you realize the fragility of, of humans. Like all it takes is that one bad fall to the head, one bad blow to the head, and then you're fucked.
1: Yeah. And of course, you know, lifting does make you a little bit more resistant to that type of stuff. Like... Maybe I, to some degree, like at least with falling and stuff like that, I know that my for myself, I've caught myself falling, and it's been like no big deal. like I can stop I can break my fall with one arm and and I'll be fine, uh, or you know I, I can I have decent balance, you know i I have, I have decent reaction time. Um, but other than that, if I get clocked in the head, I'm, you know, my skull is as thick as anyone else's. It's not going to make a difference.
0: Well, what you can do is you can do uh, neck workouts, such as the ones boxers and uh, UFC fighters do. Yeah. So that you can at least you can, you can at least uh, mitigate the whiplash you'll receive.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, uh, and
0: speaking of what you said earlier, do you know who Doctor Andrew Galpin is? I've heard of the name, but I don't know who he is. He's like the premier muscle, uh, muscle physiologist in America. Mm. And he, he made this very interesting point about, um, you know how you said you, you can catch yourself with one arm if you fall. Yeah. A good indicator of mortality among the elderly is foot speed and foot strength. Mm. Yeah. Because if you're old, right. Old people can't fall like we can, you know, me, I mean, you take a bump, we'll walk it off. But if an old person falls, they'll break a hip or something. Yeah. So if they have adequate foot speed and adequate foot strength, they'll be able to catch themselves, thus preventing the fall. And looking at it, looking at, you know, say nursing home patients, it makes a lot of sense. The ones who are not able to ambulate properly are more likely to die than those who are.
1: And that's why I I think we should all encourage older people to work out and train and uh people who work with the elderly know how big a difference it makes in their quality of life and even obviously there's going to be a lot of benefits non non physiological benefits uh just mm-hmm. in terms of mood and uh kind of like the social aspect of of you know if you're going to a class or working with a trainer or going to the gym or whatever it is but um you know, if, even if you work out in your own home, exercise has so many great uh, mental benefits. And now, if we just stick to the physiological ones, yeah, you know, I, I work. One of my clients is uh, seventy-two, which is not super old, but it's getting up there. It, uh, it's kind of old, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, he it, it it is it is old, but he still he still runs. He still goes on runs, you know?
0: Okay. Um,
1: And he's never really exercised in his life. He's, he's run before, but that was it. So
0: not, he never did weight training. And so what uh, prompted him to start training at the age of 72? That's well, his son, (laughs) Um,
1: his son who, who does, uh, I think his son did CrossFit at some point. Um, But Mm. you know, he, he, uh, he trains. So, he contacted me, and he wanted his father to start doing weight training, and to complement the, the cardiovascular stuff that and he. The father was doing. agreed. Yeah, the father agreed. Um, awesome. Yeah, the father is um, more or less retired, and he, he had the time, and he's read about the health benefits, and wants to be around for his son and hopefully future grandchildren. So, and and daughter. Um so he's he's uh gotten a lot of a lot of benefit and he feels that when when we're on a good streak, uh, you know, which now we're doing virtual sessions because of the quarantine type stuff. Yeah but um yeah, he feels himself getting stronger and he it's always the best thing when when the person you're training says, Oh, I remember when I couldn't do that. Or I remember when uh I couldn't, you know, in his case when we started, he couldn't do lunges without. I know he can. Yeah. Uh and it wasn't a necessarily just a lack of strength. It was strength, coordination, balance, everything. So having the ability to now do lunges is gonna be really great for his ability to catch move. himself if he falls, yeah, and move and be yeah. agile. And uh there's still a lot to work on. But it's something. A, yeah, it's something. At a certain point, you have to realize with older people that it's not going to—they're not going to become an athlete if they weren't an athlete up to then. But you're it's at just the very least slowing down the decay, the aging process. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Speaking of which, right? I think this pandemic. Uh, I hate the. Uh, I'm very mixed about this, right? Because I'm very. I'm kind of jaded when it comes to the whole advertising part of fitness because at the end of the day, in order to really stick, in order to really catch eyes, you need some type of shtick or gimmick, right? Yeah. Because like, it's just so congested in the fitness industry right now. But I feel like a lot of trainers are going to use this as an opportunity to say something like this, like, and it's also kind of relates to what I posted on my Instagram later. I mean, earlier about how, um, the reason why in New York city, particularly that younger people are being more affected than say older people compared to the global statistics is that America in general is fatter. So what I'm getting at is, um, trainers are going to use this to say modern medicine can only save you so much. At the end of the day, you have to do your part and be fit and stuff like that.
1: But well, I mean, it's true.
0: It is, it is true because my, mo- you know let's be honest with ourselves there are some people who shouldn't be alive right now but they're only alive due to modern medicine yes but the thing about modern medicine is that there's a limit to how far it can save you and this pandemic is kind of exposing that right right because i'm about to get very un, uh very not politically correct right now (laughs) So if <laughs> if you have a plan to run in politics, I suggest leaving the pod now because <laughs> I, I lost my shit a long time ago. But I, I kind of don't like how we're we're promoting it being okay to be overweight.
1: <laughs> well, let's let's unpack that real quick. Who is we? And well, I- are we talking in general, or are we talking? during the pandemic
0: well before the pandemic there was definitely a movement of acceptance right accept you for who you are blah 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 and i understand that i feel like we need to accept people for who they are but we also can't disregard the facts that um being overweight is acceptable or healthy well it is acceptable i guess if that's what you're you know what you want to do with yourself but fine but we can't we can't pretend like being overweight does not have health complications and that it's something we should aspire to be.
1: I agree. Uh, I, I do think that there are differing levels of uh, the fat acceptance movement, and one of them is that. And I think this is this is probably as far as I go. Is that uh, it's not fat acceptance as much as. Food. We don't want people to hate themselves and develop negative psychological, um, let's say, complexes about their own image because of their weight. However, Mm. that doesn't mean that... And, and, and sorry, just to add on to that, and we don't want people to hate other people because of that, right? So it's not only about yeah. your own personal view, but about others. Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean that there should be a complete um, oblivion. Disregard. Yeah. Oh. And this disregard for one's weight, right? So we can agree that the stand that, that, uh, it is possible to be healthy with a little extra meat on your bones.
0: Oh, definitely. And like, I- a
1: little less, right? But, but, but everything is a bell curve. If you end up on, you know, if you're one of the exceptions, that's great. You know, it's, um, it's a good thing for you. Perhaps you have good genetics. Perhaps you have curtailed some of the other vices in your life. Yeah. And your body is functioning well. That's great. However, that is not the case for everyone. And that may not be the case for the rest of your life, right? And it may not be the case that if you get something like COVID-19 or any other you know, viral or bacterial infection, that your health streak will continue right
0: being being overweight and having covid-19 is devastating because people are, you know you know fat is metabolically expensive not as much as muscle but yeah. you, you you are spending resources to maintain it yeah and the way your body is designed is that your body's trying to preserve as much fat as possible so you say you get sick and you're hospitalized and the resources that you should, you should be using to rehabilitate is being used to maintain fat. You're kind of just biting yourself in the ass over there. Also, we got to talk about the, the physical limitations. Like um, if you are someone who carries more weight and again, I'm not saying it's not okay to have a little, to be a little chubby. That's fine. But I'm talking about like, you know, being on the extreme end of the spectrum. We're talking about obesity. Like really, you know, when you're, for fuck it you're fat right like let's it's, it's, be honest here like if like you ever seen the intubation process it is hard to watch
1: yeah i i look it up all the time
0: it is hard to watch but the thing about intubation is that for if the person is fatter they have more adipose tissue it's a lot more dangerous to actually intubate them and it's a lot it's a, a lot more difficult process
1: why why is that
0: Because you have to keep in mind also, like if you're, if you are carrying more fat on you, you have more weight on you. So thus there's more pressure being exerted upon to your lungs. So the oxygenation process is a little bit different for someone heavier. And also you got to talk about the the physical dimensions of your, your body. Well, and and you got to oxygenate more cells. Yeah. And then like, say, say you have someone with like, say your neck is really big and there's a lot of adipose tissue in your neck. The intubation process is a lot more difficult because there's less clearance for you to tilt up or whatever. I'm, I'm not I'm not an expert on it, but I've read doctors' reports saying that it is more difficult to intubate a larger patient. And then also, there's a the fact that fat people wear beards to hide to the fact that they have no neck. And then... And I'm not even... I'm not, I'm not joking. This is a real thing. What about thing women? Where, huh? What about women? Well, For men, there's an extra layer of issues where, you know, men grow beards to hide the fact that they lack a neck. And then by having a beard, if, say, you put a mask over it, you're creating little holes on the side for air to escape or come in. Yeah. And and this is just medical fact. This is not an opinion of mine. Like, doctors are on record stating this. And then, you know, of course, I'm going to get bitten ass about it. Someone's going to be like, Carl, you're fat shaving. I'm not. It's, It's fact. Right? It's fucking fact at the end of the day. I actually got uh, i got a, lot, a couple of people hating on me on my post earlier.
1: <laughs> I completely believe it.
0: Right? Because like, what people don't realize about this disease is that this is really early in the game. And all our information about COVID-19 is early information from China. And China has a history of being very sneaky with their data. <laughs> so... By them saying it's an elderly disease, sure, that's very possible. But keep in mind, there's less obese people in China, less people with respiratory problems, less autoimmune disorders in China. So, yeah, yeah it it could be a it could be just a, a a false. Well, I think people say
1: when people are saying that it's an elderly disease, I don't think they're correct. But they, what what is correct, I feel, given what I've read so far, is that. Just like almost any other disease, almost, right? If you're older and your immune system is not as good, you're going to get hit harder.
0: Yeah, so it's well, not
1: necessarily a disease that only old people get. It's just that young people have an easier time fighting it off. They'll have less symptoms. on, on the on the grants in 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 the grand scheme of things, right? They're going to be reports of people that are you know 30 years old 20 years old whatever who have to be intubated who pass away and it, that's that's going to be the case regardless right
0: well it's very possible that these young people who are intubated had underlying conditions that were never checked
1: yeah and that's possible as well and another thing too that i actually i listened to this uh other podcast um called uh, this week in virology is it better than my podcast Uh, well, it's it's different. (laughs) Don't just say it's different. Um, (laughs) and it's a, it's, it's, uh, right now it's really taken off obviously because of the pandemic. Whereas before it was, I guess, more of a niche, uh, thing, but, what they say is that some of these young people aren't necessarily getting sick and, and being hospitalized because they have underlying health conditions, But some of them, they have the underlying genetic predisposition to be less able to fight certain viral infections off. So it's not only just whether, you know, you've been living a healthy life and you have healthy habits and you have good body composition and you eat your vegetables and you get rest, but it's also how good at you are you, how good at fighting infections are you from the womb, you know? um
0: and also i heard that blood type matters too i think oh oh is uh you is us is better to have mm. right I, i'm not too sure about that
1: i uh i'm not sure about that i feel like uh i might have heard something about that but i don't really remember
0: yeah man this is a weird disease it's definitely strange
1: well it's new it's new and i think whenever there's a lack of data there's always a rush to try to come up with theories and um, I guess narratives that make sense and allow us to treat people faster and better. Um, it's cool kind of hearing about all the different types of treatments that are emerging for it. Uh, experimental well, off-label. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which is i think it's i think it's necessary to do that uh, because if we can alleviate the burden just in any in any slight form then it's going to help in the long run so um keep people out of icu units and make the beds available for the people that really really need
0: them but you know like what uh, who's kind of quiet right now like I'm, I'm waiting for all the crystal healers and the holistic healers to come out with a cure.
1: I actually, like, I, can, can, I, I actually got a an invitation uh, oh. via via Instagram okay. to a worldwide meditation event. That Is it with via- like the power of consciousness of like millions of people meditating, uh, we're supposed to, I guess uh not not eradicate but assist the
0: eradication of the virus by thinking by thinking it away well
1: i mean i don't think they'd prefer you to use that language but yeah i'm sorry by by oming it away oming oh, it oh. away yeah well you know <laughs> meditation is definitely has a lot of powerful effects um for your own personal mental state and sometimes physical state but um I I I am not on the bandwagon that a universal consciousness is affected by everyone's thoughts.
0: Oh, definitely not. What's happening <laughs> right now is all the crystal healers, all the holistic healers, all the fucking spiritual healers are waiting for modern medicine and science to cure the problem. And then they're going to come in last second. See, I told you it was my essential oils told you it was sound therapy it was the reiki energy in the universe (sighs) and you know that's going to happen too yeah it's a sad part yeah that's a sad part yeah
1: well there's been a lot of you know we hear about these uh people holding mass and um congregations uh still meeting through this and uh somehow the pastors or leaders say convince the people that in the house of god One cannot get infected, but obviously that is not true. And people are going to believe uh, all that stuff. I mean, people are still coming up with conspiracy theories and um, all that. So there's always going to be that subset of people.
0: Yeah, I have people right now that I know that's gargling apple apple cider vinegar. I don't know what the fuck that does.
1: I can't imagine that tasting good. I mean, apple cider vinegar is okay in some recipes.
0: Well, but medicine man. doesn't taste good on its own, so but but you're doing it for the benefits, not for the uh taste.
1: Yeah, the the benefits of gargling apple cider vinegar. Yeah. Actually, I you know, I remember my mom uh when like, looking back on it this is like it is totally dumb, but uh when I was younger, someone mm. told her Convinced her that drinking like two tablespoons of the 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 meat the chicken drippings after you roast the chicken hel- helps fat loss. How so? I don't know. I don't even have the the foggiest idea of how that logic. But that's the thing. You can't describe Maybe. those with logic because as soon as you start introducing logic the person's going to lose you because then you by, by introducing logic you're leaving you're leaving holes because the logic doesn't really exist right but if you leave a logic entirely out of it then you make it entirely a belief like oh I don't know it just works try it
0: well there's a conspiracy theory floating around now that the coronavirus was is a result of 5G technology so I'm not sure how radio frequencies <laughs> Are causing people to not breathe, but it's definitely floating out there, and I still haven't received a adequate explanation why. Mm. And then also, I heard another conspiracy theory that this is a Chinese bioweapon.
1: Well, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's an old one. Yeah.
0: No, but it does it, That doesn't make sense because if you're making a bi, this is a highly inefficient bioweapon. If it is the case, where you're wiping out two percent of the population, and they're mostly old people. The people who can't serve in the military. Oh, but the
1: bioweapon is is mes- not necessarily meant for the death of people, but the collapse of economies.
0: I guess, but so then... Maybe
1: it's actually doing a great job.
0: Yeah, but if you're going to... Re- by unleashing a bioweapon that can get traced back to the source, you kind of want to wipe out half their fighting force before... You know, you gotta you gotta consider that because say okay, it turns out this is a bioweapon by China. The US can just not retaliate, and you mostly kill a lot of old people. So right, that's it's kind bite of bite you in the ass. But scientists have disproven that too because apparently the genome sequence of the novel coronavirus is consistent with natural genomes. Yeah, yeah, I don't fucking know. That's people what they want you to think. Yeah, well, it gets weird now because you know with all this information, there's also a huge pot- a potential of disinformation. Right, and that's why that's why I think people need to go to college for free. And I find it weird that people draw a line where okay, so talking about first to eighth grade, is free, high school is free. Why isn't college free? Like, why? What's this arbitrary line in the sand there? Because if you can say, well, college is uh, free, college is socialism. Well, what about high school? How about everything I just said? Right?
1: Oh, Silly. So. Uh, I, f- I think the argument is that, the a good argument is that at some point there was enough education that you could get from middle and high school. And once you graduate, you could continue on into college or you can go straight into the workforce. But now, when even entry level jobs are Which, you know, even the phrase entry-level job is is just like, you know, what does that even mean, entry-level? Entry to the industry, entry to the workforce, entry to that position, to that company, you know? Uh, Because some entry-level jobs require like two years experience and the college degree or an advanced degree. So if that's the case, and if most jobs are like that, then, and they're not paying a lot, then, yeah, obviously you want to you want to provide a level of education now do do i think that it it should be um, uh, when pe- people say like oh uh, you can go to trade school you don't have to go to college and and i agree but i don't think that anyone is negatively impacted by going to college just from an learning academic perspective there is not there's not a situation where Being better at learning and having a better educated population is a bad thing. So, you know, the plan isn't to make every college ever free. We're talking about state schools. Mm. Right? So,
0: John, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I received an urgent phone call. So I kind of have to wrap it up now, though.
1: No worries. Anyway.
0: Anyway. Thank you for being on the pod, John. We'll definitely reconnect as soon as this shit show is over. Okay. Uh, Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. I will. Thank you, John. Bye. See you, man.
1: Bye.